Well, I always remember the night that of the meeting that, that had to be abandoned. I was going down DC's road and I looked back and I was look at, looking at the guy who assembled the platform and the, the address apparatus for us, you know, and he was dismantling it. And I couldn't help thinking as I was looking at Sean O'Rourke dismantling the address system and wrapping up everything, I had to ask myself, was this this the end of the co-op? Because certainly that night in Ballyferm at the sky fell. And I remember my own feelings at the time. I don't think... I, uh, it was the first time I ever... I ever really felt wretched, you know. I used to wake up in the morning and and say, "Oh God," you know. It was it was it was just awful. It was just an, an awful feeling. But um, it, it was a, a very searing time, quite frankly. It is desired to draw the attention of the people of Ballyfermot to the fact that known members of the Irish Workers' League are behind the scenes of the cooperative stores DC's Road, Ballyfermot. The Irish Workers' League is the official organisation of the Communist Party in this country, and its activities are condemned by the Catholic Church. The purpose of this statement is not a condemnation of the cooperative movement, nor an attack on the innocent people who may be connected with the Inchicore and Ballyfermot Cooperative Society. But it is an appeal to these people who have become members in good faith to withdraw their support from this cooperative society as it is presently constituted and thus prevent the spread of communism in our own area. Well, it started in Inchicore around about 1946. The first meeting was held in the Workman's Club in Emma Road. And that was the beginning of the co-op in Inchicore that later, in later years, extended to Ballyfermot. The corporation had been doing a fairly good amount of, of, uh, of building during the 30s, but the war interfered with, with, the, with, with the building programme. But immediately after the war, uh, the housing committee of the corporation began to plan for other uh, more housing schemes. And I think it was after the war that Ballyfermot became a major housing scheme initiated by the by the Dublin Corporation. Um, this would be uh, the late 40s. And during that period between 1945 and 50, I had been a member of the City Council. And in the course of the housing system, uh, the corporation housing system being developed in Ballyfermot, they made provision for shops. The, co- the co-op immediately became interested in the tenancy of the shop that was allocated for gro- as a grocery shop. These shops would be given out as rent, would be allocated on a rental basis. Hence, that was the beginning. That would be... Well, that would be about 1949. Um, For two years, anyway, the shop was run. uh, um, 
a staff were recruited, a manager of the shop was appointed. And in the meanwhile, we were circulating, we were um, canvassing in Ballyfermot uh, to recruit people to become members of the Cooperative Society and also, of course, patrons of the shop. We had a good response, very good response. We had also a very substantial response on membership, though it was very hard for people to commission one shilling a week, considering the, the amount they would be paying maybe for or their or insurance for their family might be even less than that, might be a couple of pence per week. So we progressed and did this and s- achieved a substantial several hundred, must have been four to five hundred people, at least paid the first contribution of one shilling. It often petered out after that. It was difficult. It needed great application to get the full pound. Because think of it, to get 20 shillings off people often needed 40 visits. Unemployment was high. And we, we recognised that that was always going to be a problem. The committee was mainly, mainly of women because essentially it was a, a consumer's co-op and as a consumer's co-op, women were vitally Im- involved in that aspect of it. The dangers of communism to you and your children. The Irish communists in their paper have attacked every Irish Labour leader without exception since 1916 and have smeared the name of Connolly who died for Ireland and who died in the faith. The Irish Workers' League has tried and is trying to keep the seeds of communism alive in this parish. The good people of Ballyfermot will see to it that they fail. It was quite um, a comprehensive shop as far as groceries were concerned it was well stocked and it was doing it began to do quite well quite do well and had a fair measure of support locally from the Ballyfermot people with approximately 700 members Um, the majority would have been resident in Ballyfermot Um, the the shop was, was well established when we held when it was decided to hold an outdoor meeting and this uh, this was this was taken us up to 1952 and we held an outdoor meeting near the shop itself on a september evening in that year a lovely september evening i recollect and the idea of the meeting was to promote the idea of the co-op idea within Ballyfermot, stressing, of course, how important a co-op was to a, a work to a, ver, uh, a very densely uh, peopled wor- working class area, while there were non-political people on the committee. There were also people attached to the Labour Party 
and attached also to the Irish Workers League. There was four people on the committee who were members of the Irish Workers League. I was one of them. While I had been chairman, while I was in the within the Labour Party and a Labour councillor, I continued to be chairman after I joined the Workers League. Apparently, this annoyed or worried some people in Ballyfermot. Before the shops, those four or five shops were built in DC's Road. There was no shops in Ballyfermot. There was a few hucksters in one of the roads leading up towards Ballyfermot, but that's all. In other words, there was no facilities at all for people. There was no plan to say, we, we, we build some facilities first and we put people in later on. No, that wasn't how it was done. People put in and then uh, without an actual fact having any shops. The cry then was, we need a shop, any shop. It was quite successful. I won't say it was, we were making fortunes, right? Uh, because the co-ops also had a, a feature that, which were slightly different from other people. There was no credit allowed in co-op shops. And this could create problems, genuine problems, when it came to people having temporary problems in a working-class area. And some people felt that we should allow credit, others felt that we should stick, because what we do know is that when you give credit, you can also lose your customers for good. And we didn't. our aim was to build a strong... Uh, permanent cooperative represent, uh, presence in Ballyfermot. In other words, there was no use going to go and say, put it on the book to the end of the week. There was none of that, I'm afraid. People were very poor in the 50s. And there was just one block of shops on that road there. And they had very little money. So they were glad to get something, cut price, for the feet of very large families. And they were glad to get something cheaper in the shops, and why wouldn't they? When there's so many children to go around, there's a lot of people hungry then as well. So that's why they would have been delighted with their co-op had they been left there. You know? But it didn't last too long, because people stopped going in through fear. There was a, a counter on one side. The rest of it like, was like cardboard boxes, piled high, and maybe just opened up, and you could help yourself, take what you want, no fancy shelving or fancy anything. So that's why the goods, the groceries were much cheaper. You just brought them to the counter. The communists, <laughs> whoever you like to call them, took the money off, off you. Well, the woman, she would take the money off who was serving you and off you went. But there was all, it was basic food and no fancy wrapping or fancy shelving. So that's how the, the groceries were cheaper. The Standard, November 14th, 1952. Everybody who knows the slightest thing about communist technique knows that its first objective is contacts. What better contact than the unsuspecting members of a co-op? Here let us state that we are glad that the other Dublin co-ops and the producer co-ops through the country escaped that evil influence. It was Ballyfermot's misfortune to be selected for infiltration. How appropriate are the names of Ballyfermot, Sarsfield, Deces and Cremona? They might have been changed to Lenin, Stalin and perhaps DC Rhodes. The Workers' League members were 
uh, at in the final stage were Joe DC, who joined the uh, uh, Irish Workers League uh, during the period when he was president, right? But probably was considering it for some years before that, right? There was there was Geoffrey Palmer, uh, who was a member of the Irish Workers League, Maisie McElroy, who was a member of the Irish Workers League, right? And myself, and I was a member of the Irish Workers League. These four people were members of the Irish Workers League. In approximately September of 1952, we held this meeting. But um, the meeting was interrupted and was barracked. And uh, the speakers would not be allowed to speak. So then questions began to be asked from the road where the people were assembled. And I was asked, was it true there were communists on the committee? And I said, I was not, I did not intend to discuss the politics of any member of the committee, they were irrelevant to the existence and promotion of the cooperative movement. The cooperative movement was non-sectarian and it was also non-political in the sense that anybody could become a member or a member of the committee irrespective of their politics. I would not agree to discuss the political nature, the political or uh, the the, poli- the political beliefs of any member of the committee. So then, one uh, person uh, shouted up at me, "Would I, would I agree to him getting up on the platform and um, addressing?" the people, and addressing certain questions to me as chairman of the, of the meeting. So eventually, um, this, this guy got up on the platform and he said, uh, by my permission, and he addressed certain questions that he had prepared, read them out, he had, had, had them written out, he, a, a, a line of questioning, I just remember the the, the the salient question was were, were we communists were the communists on the, was the chairman a communist was there were there other communists on the committee and he said he was representing the clergy he was speaking on behalf of the local clergy in making these questions so I repeated always that he had made his point I'd ask him to leave the platform, and that was it. I did not intend... I, I, I adhered to what I originally said. I was not prepared to tolerate or entertain answering any questions respecting the, the political beliefs of myself or any member of the committee. So eventually I, con- I, I concluded the meeting and we all went our respective ways... The following day in work, I had a call from a chap called McGowan, who was a member of the committee. 
and he wanted to get the the the, the he wanted to clear the the air is in the light of what happened the previous night. He said, "Would I meet him?" So I told him that I was yes, it was true that uh, I was a member of the Workers League, and so were three others. And I don't know to what extent McGowan was was really shocked or not, but it was clear he he was jolted by it. And he he said, Joe, he says, you know, the clergy are behind this. And this he was and I have had experience before of the clergy being opposed to something for various reasons. And they will be quite determined. They will see this thing through the to, right through to the end, and they won't stop. There was no question that I, I had no sense that something terrible was going to happen. Uh, but when it did happen, I was very—I knew that we were in trouble. It was the priests of the parishes, right, and especially the influence of uh, Dr. McQuaid, who was the Archbishop of Dublin at the time. They were determined, determined that there'd be no, as far as I'm concerned, they were determined that there would be no organisation of working people in in Inchicore Valley Fermat that was independent in of some influence by them. And while we didn't object to the local priest, giant the co-op, he certainly could, but then he'd be the same as everybody else. But they didn't want it on that basis. The next Sunday... There was in 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 the three churches that served Ballyfermot and Inchicore. What happened at the meeting was described. That the chairman was asked certain questions, and it listed the questions I was asked, and I refused. At the chairman was described as refusing to answer the questions that were submitted to him. And as a result of this, that they had decided that there was a a communist issue involved and the faithful were asked not to be members of the co-op or not to patronise the shops in question. For me personally, this, this was rather, rather painful. Uh, arising out of... My re my being called off the altar, even though it, but not in name, but as chairman of the society, and of course it was well known. Uh, well, it would it would have been well known who they were referring to? My father and mother for subsequent Sundays. I think they had an ink. They got an inkling at what was going to happen on on that particular Sunday. So my father took my mother to the next parish to go to mass which, of course, was James Street. So that it was a rather, a very, in that respect, it was a rather painful episode for me and, and very painful. Sunday Press, 2nd of November, 1952. Dublin Communist Activities Protest. A tenants' association, which was formed in Ballyfermot, County Dublin, yesterday, passed a resolution voicing indignation at the most recent exposure of communistic activities in the Inchicore Ballyfermot Cooperative Society, brought to a head by the resignation of members of the Irish Workers' League. We call on the Dublin Corporation 
to terminate immediately the tenancy of the shop situated in DC's Road, Ballyframmet, controlled as it is by a most unpopular and unrepresentative committee. The name of the new body, Sarsfield Tenants Association of Ballyfermot, they are to hold a general meeting soon. It brought a lot of opposition from people living around the area that my brother was branded as a communist. It had a very bad, when I say a very bad effect, it was for my mother, who was a staunch Catholic, uh, it did hurt to hear people call her son a communist. And my father was stronger, that he was able to see the work because he was out doing his own work in the, in the, the parish at the time. And that included up to the ranch in Inchicore and Ballyfermot. It, it really used to cause great anxiety in the family, really great anxiety. And for me personally, living among it, I was heartbroken for the boys, to be quite honest with you, knowing Tim Graham and Joe and a few others that were in it, uh, that they weren't up to anything wrong as regards taking people's minds and turn them, turning them into communists. My parents were approached, right? Uh, I don't know whether to, to, to bicop, but generally in that early period of the early 50s and low, uh, late 40s, my people in Kilkenny were uh, approached by the police about me and my father came up and, and meant breaking my relationship with my family for two years. Because uh, and when I finally went back, I made it always clear under no conditions would I would I go back on the basis that I had changed my views, that they had to accept me as I was. Right? They could be what they wanted. Okay. They gave it off the altar. They gave out about it, and they advised people not to go in because they were communists and communists run and what have you. So the people stopped going in. They were more afraid of the priests than they were afraid of their poverty or their hunger or anything else. So I think they'd rather die the hunger than, you know, go against the priests. They just done what they were told. Including being called off the altar and asked for the, the, the people being told that they were not to support the co-op in any, in any way or in any manifestation, there was also a picket put on the shop. And... Uh, not a me. Uh, now it wasn't blocking people going into the shop, but just away from the shop. And um, at the time, the the Cold War was at its sharpest, and uh, internationally. And it was very easy to mount to mount an anti-communist uh, scare. See, they were endeavouring to represent the co-op as a communist conspiracy, which was a, a lot of nonsense and patently untrue. It existed because there were four of us, four of us, um, um, four communists on the committee. So the whole thing was 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 a travesty, an actual travesty, and the fa- and to try and represent it, that we were going to. Um, use it uh, uh, to, to spread communist propaganda was a lie. We didn't know what the response, what response to make. 
what did you say? They're not. They're not reds. No, we were. It's as simple as that. Uh, after all, the, 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 the local priest, of course, was very active. And in fact, in approaching one person, he, he spoke of me as having thrown off my religion with my sharp pants. It was too nebulous. You were not in direct confrontation with anyone. Our committee in general supported us. But they weren't going to go to the. Uh, they weren't going to go to the to the to the to the over the over the top with us into any kind of uh, battle, and we had to accept that. Right, that uh, these were housewives. They were people living in the area. Uh, as it was, the loyalty of the committee of the initial committee and the loyalty of the shop workers was excellent I mean during the whole period of the crisis I mean they, I could only speak highly of them I was very young at the time I was around 10 so my mother would send me up to the shops and they certainly put pickets on uh, some of them would show communists out and they weren't letting people go in and out of the shop but I'd go in anyway when they put their back to me I'd run in <laughs> Watch me, it would be a chance for them. When they were, had the back to me again, out I'd run again with the groceries or whatever I was sent for to get. But a lot of people stopped going in because of the pickets. And it was the priest himself who sent down the pickets or they were doing it on behalf of the church, as far as I can recollect. You know, When you're young and they're calling somebody a communist or something like that, and you didn't comprehend what it meant. Well, you thought that there was somebody in there who looked different, maybe like like a monster or something. <laughs> and, and should I go in or out? But your mother sent you. She gave you the money. In you go. And they all looked normal. And that was a bit surprising when you're very young. They didn't. They weren't different. They weren't red like as in red communists or anything else, you know. So I would just come out when they had a back to me, and off I'd go. You know. I think people were, were uh, frightened because uh, it was the parish, the priests, who sent the pickets down. So they were f- fear of the priests and the pickets. So that's, they stopped going in through fear of the priests in Ballyfermers. At that time as well, the workers were under some pressure from uh, on the streets. We were selling the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Irish workers' vice. Uh, and we held meetings regularly in O'Connell Street down at what's known as Mansfield's Corner. I don't know what they call it now. It's the corner of Abbey Street. But there had been a growing amount of opposition. But the opposition was never very sensible. We, questions would be addressed to the speaker, like, what about Christ the King? Now, I'm sure the speakers many times must, must have said, well, what about Christ the King? Like, you know, it's one of these questions that there is there is no answer to, and certainly not on a political platform. But that was the type of thing that was actually quite common. The Catholic Standard waged a relentless campaign against the co-op and saluted the people, brave, saluted the bravery and the commitment of the people who decided that they were going to... Uh, uh, campaign against the co-op and endeavour to close it because of the communist issue. No doubt inspired by the local clergy, some members of the co-op decided that 
that they would call for the convening of a special aggregate meeting of the members for to discuss the crisis. People who were active in calling for this meeting requested or demanded that the register of membership of the co-op be made available to them. We were not sure, having regard to the nature of this campaign and the nature of the campaign that looked of as, as if its objective was to destroy the co-op, we initially were opposed to allowing them to inspect the membership register. But we got legal opinion on it and were informed that we would have to let bona fide members of the society inspect the register. Well, which they duly did and uh, no doubt used it for to get people to attend the aggregate meeting which was convened for the purpose of um, aiding their objective in what subsequently turned, turned out to be the destruction of the co-op itself. I chaired the meeting and uh, it, it, it transpired that not only did they want the four of us who were communists to resign from the committee, they demanded we resign from the society itself. We had already decided that we would resign from the committee, but under no circumstances would we be prevailed upon to resign from the society itself. This would be asking too much. It would be a, a denial of any civil liberties which, which we possessed. I was at that meeting. Uh, I was myself personally unhappy with the decision of the overall decision that all the Workers' League people would, would withdraw, but that's neither here nor there. At the meeting, it was explained that we were resigning, that a new committee that, that had nominations for new members of the committee, and uh, they would, uh, they didn't mind who they were. In fact, if the opposition wanted to put people, they were certainly entitled to do so. But they did nothing. They just barracked me to some extent. I remember speaking, uh, making a vicious attack on them. I, I can't remember what I said, but I know it was. Um, I wasn't uh, too polite to them. They were determined that they were that they would not agree to any new committee, even though all the Reds were now off it. Uh, and that proved to be so. They just opposed it. The next thing, there was a vague announcement that they were going to form a new co-op, but the new co-op never materialised. But the aim was to kill off the co-op, as far as I'm concerned. People got up from the body of the hall and they they, uh, they made, repeated the allegations, etc. And some of the material that was used in leaflets that were being distributed in the Ballyfermer area, uh, rather poisonous leaflets that misrepresented the whole issue and the whole the whole issue of the co-op and its and its existence, and perpetuating the allegation that it was a, a communist-inspired society, which I, I again repeat 
was a falsehood. So the meeting concluded on that basis. The two shops still continue to operate for quite a while after that meeting, but eventually the, the two shops had to close because the forces and the campaign against it were too strong. We were prepared to make, to make uh, that concession for to save the co-op, the four of us decided that we would resign from the committee if that would save the co-op and four others be, be elected or co-opted for to take our place. They were not prepared even to accept that concession or that, that compromise. It was quite clear that, that whoever was instructing the people who were most active in, in uh, conducting this campaign, they were going to be relentless that the co-op had just got to be destroyed finished. We were members of the co-op because we couldn't legally, we couldn't be expelled from the co-op. But we had hoped then that the new committee would start and function. Now, most of this new committee were the old committee, plus a couple of, uh, four or five others, right? But that's, uh, but nothing, it never, it never, the committee met. It actually functioned to some extent, but the attacks continued. And that was sad. In hindsight, it would seem that nothing was gained by, if you like, the sacrifice by resignation of the four workers' uh, league people. Incidentally, what happened then was they not only were dissatisfied with the four people who uh, admitted they were communists, but they didn't trust any member of the committee at this stage. Uh, apparently they, they, they wouldn't be happy except with the, the dissolving of the whole committee. And, of course, if they did that, they'd have to uh, decide how they were going to run the co-op themselves. And it was quite clear at this stage that they, they could not run the co-op if they um, insisted on the committee being disbanded. Then there was the question of a promise that a whole new co-op would be founded for the benefit of the area. Well, this uh, aspiration died the death. It never saw the light of day. And as soon as the cooperative existed, uh, was destroyed, the idea of a, a new co-op vanished. It never was heard of again. I'd have been quite happy to see the opposition all come onto the committee. That wouldn't worry me in the slightest as long as they stuck to the rules and Timmy Graham would almost certainly have insisted that they would. <laughs> uh, but no, no one. They just wouldn't trust anyone right? because any, it was independent. Right? With clerical support in those days, it would, be, it would be very easy to start anything going, you know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take any uh, great organisation for for to to start something. And I, now, I, I couldn't say uh, numerically how numerically they were based or whether it was just a, a handful of people who kept, this, uh, kept it going if they had the blessing of the clergy. And I have no doubt they would have got support from the local shops without much difficulty if they were short of finance. Well, it was decided at some stage that we would try 
we would try to promote as much assistance and help from different quarters. And it was decided we would seek the help of the Civil Liberties Association for to get a statement from them. And it was also decided that uh, a visit to Pather O'Donnell, who was always sympathetic, who was uh, a, in, so in many respects a, um, a celebrated person, uh, we would vi- visit Pather O'Donnell to uh, uh, um, enlist his support and sympathy for for our, for the crisis or during the crisis. Well, uh, I, I visited Pather O'Donnell's house in Drumcondra and I submitted to him the, the crisis in which the co-op found itself. And I always remember Pather going on about Paddy the Cope in the the uh, man associated with the famous co-op in County Donegal. And during uh, Pather went on about the hostility which Paddy the Cope had encountered from the clergy during this period when he when they were building the co-op in, in Dunglow. And Pather suggested to us that we make contact with Paddy the Cope and no doubt we would get some kind of a message of support. At some stage during this exchange with Pather, Lil, his wife, intervened and said to Pather, Pather, don't mislead this young man. If communism is involved in the co-op, then I'm afraid the co-op will be dead. I reported the result of the interview to the committee and Tim Graham was instructed to write to Paddy the Cope uh, outlining the crisis in which the co-op found itself and outlining the details of the attack. We got a reply from Paddy the Cope uh, expressing disappointment that communism had become involved in the co-op and that now, any time he was in the vicinity of the bishop's palace, he called on the bishop and they had tea together. In the case of the approach to the civil liberties, Tim Graham met the representatives of the Civil Liberties Association in a pub in Thomas Street and a member of the people whom he met, at least um, uh, among the representatives that he met from the Civil Liberties was the celebrated author, Sean O'Fillon. And at the conclusion of the meeting, while they were leaving the pub, O'Fillon asked Tim Graham how he felt about what was happening to the co-op. And Tim Graham replied, well, after these years of working and slaving for to build the co-op, it was rather frustrating that it should come to this. And O'Fillon replied, I'm afraid that is a typical Irish experience. The subsequent decision of the Civil Liberties Association was to the effect that the a civil liberties issue was not involved and therefore they could make no comment one way or another on what was involved. 
naturally, we were very disappointed at this conclusion and this verdict of the civil liberties. We did believe that the pulpit being used to destroy a society or a cooperative movement that was designed to help the people and especially help working people, that this was not a civil liberties issue. It was disappointing to learn. There was people on the committee like like uh, Timmy Graham, like like uh, Mrs Jones, who did equally as much as any of us or more, right? I mean, these were excellent people. I mean, uh, Timmy Graham liked us because we did a certain amount of work and probably that's why he was so keen to have us. And he was never, never a communist. I doubt if he was even a particularly strong socialist in the... He was a Labour Party member, but I doubt he was even a, what I would call a left socialist of any description. Nothing could equal the amount of work that he did to it. And if anything I would... is the tribute. The co-op was his tribute, and I mean, he was the constant factor. The Standard, November 21st, 1952. Commentary. Ballyfermot, next step. The parish, like the home, needs peace and order above all things. There could be no peace between atheistic communism and a Catholic community, between false democracy and true. This is the issue everywhere in the world today, in Korea as in Ballyfermot. We are glad to learn from a most reliable source that a cooperative society for the parish is planned to include men and women of all the democratic parties and of every creed, and that Ballyfermot will give a lead by explicitly excluding communists and their fellow travellers, not alone from management and control, but from membership itself. The shop survived for a, a few months after this, but sometime in 1953... I think it would be March or April in 53 that the co-op had eventually to close. It couldn't survive. Um, it wasn't getting enough custom for, for, for uh, to be commercially viable. That, as far as I can now uh, recollect, was the beginning and the end of the Inchicore and Ballyfermot Cooperative Society. <laughs>